0: look who it is y'all pulled up for another episode of obsessible welcome welcome back it's your girl aka your bestie nicole and we're back with another episode and this is episode five and you know what that means it means we're halfway through season one like huh what holy crap how did we get here can you believe it time really really does fly when you're having fun so on this episode, we're diving back into the regular, degular, schmegular programming and we're talking about shows and movies that I've been watching and having a good old time doing it. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Nevers. Remember, I told you about this show in episode one and now I am back with a review. Y'all will want to hear what I have to say. I definitely want to know what y'all think. So please hit me up in the comments. Talk to me. Holler at your girl. Then we're going to be talking about a show I'm absolutely loving. Like I literally have watched this show each episode at least twice and there's only three episodes available and that is Run the World. It is a Starz original and I can't get enough. It drops every single Sunday. So you want, actually, actually, early access gets it it to you on Saturday night. So like basically midnight. So if you... Or want to stay up on a Saturday. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're staying up on a Saturday. We're all staying up on a Saturday night. Listen, Um, (laughs) get into this show. It is so bomb. Um, And then to wrap up the TV portion of the cast, a show called Panic. It's an Amazon original, young adult adaptation book to TV. And I'm currently binging it. I'm on episode six. So we're going to talk about that too. So, for movies, we're going back a bit, but that's just because we've been in a pandemic and, well, hell, well, at least in Canada, we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> like, holy crap. Um, like, can we get out? Can we get out? Like, let give us free? Like, Lord. Anyway, um, I haven't been to a theater in over an, a year, much like most of you, and these movies are, well, part of the movies that I would have definitely, well, some of them anyway, I would have definitely seen in a theater. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about Tenet. You're going to need your thinking. Actually, I'm going to try to do this in layman's terms. So, you will not have to go through what I went through if you have not seen this movie yet. And I, I was late. I was late to the party. And that's fine. I needed to be late to the party. Because, child, confusing. Um, And seriously, you could probably use its own hour just to talk about it. <laughs> I've seen it twice. That should tell you. Not because I enjoyed it. I did kind of, but that's not the reason I watched it twice. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. Anyway, for what's up now, I'm talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Also late to the party. Was not trying to do premiere access, was not trying to pay how how many amounts of dollars to watch it. But I would have done that if it had gone to the theaters and we were able to do that safely. I would have, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Anyway, (laughs) so Wonder Woman 1984. And then for what's up next, I'm reviewing a film that just dropped on Amazon called Songbird and it stars our favorite redhead from Riverdale, KJ, AJ, KJ, AJ, KJ, (laughs) Alba. I straight up didn't remember. (laughs) Woo, man, I need to get it together. Um, So yeah, this episode is totally packed. What's happening in Hollywood is jammed with information like jammed i couldn't think of just what to say or what to leave out so i just left it all in so we're i'm just gonna spill some tea i gotta give you guys some news i'm gonna drop some premiere dates for you that's all coming up in what's happening in hollywood then we're gonna wrap it up with twitter me laughing and these tweets are way out of pocket and they're all about the nevers so here we are once again for an episode and i'm really really glad you're here If this is your first time, thank you so much for for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to download. (laughs) But you know what to do now. Grab a drink. Grab a snack. Get comfy. Talk to the cast. Use your hands to gesture emphatically. I feel you guys and I hear you and I'm there with you in spirit. Thank you so much for listening and let's get into it. Welcome to Obsessible. Oh, isn't that the one where the guy becomes limitless? Oh, isn't that the one where the guy becomes limitless? All right, all right, all right. Woo! It's time for what was up, what's up now, and what's up next. First, TV. So as I told you, we're going to be talking about The Nevers. Oh, man. So let me recap real quick. So this is the show that is... HBO original from HBO Max, HBO here in Canada through Crave or HBO. If you, I don't even know if you can get HBO without having Crave anymore, but if you can, that's what you're doing. Um, It is, was created and executive produced, written and directed initially by Joss Whedon, And then he had to step away from the, from the, from the project because of all of the, um, you know, drama that has surrounded his career lately and his behavior in the past. And rightfully so. I mean, Listen, we can't just keep letting people be jerks and assholes in their jobs every single day in Hollywood and protecting these people while other people who, their colleagues that they're working with are going home damaged and having to have like therapy and recover. It's, it's not cool. It's not fair. And at the end of the day, when, you know, these things are coming to light, we got to believe these victims. We got to listen to what they have to say and, and support them as they go through their own, their own healing journey. That all being said, he created this show. It's his baby. It's out of his twisted little mind. And um, it's called The Nevers. It stars Laura Donnelly in the uh, lead role as Amalia True. Now, there are six episodes that are currently available. Like I said, HBO Max, HBO in Canada. And uh, it is a very interesting show. It's very interesting. I mean... And it's actually rather entertaining and quite enjoyable overall. Um, I really looked forward to watching it every Sunday. And sometimes I watched it on Monday, but for the most part, every Sunday night. Um, and I was intrigued. I wanted to see what was, what was going to happen next. I wanted to understand what was happening in, in these people's world. So let me give you a really quick synopsis of the plot. So we are introduced. The audience is introduced to this world. It's Victorian era, uh, Victorian era London. So we're talking about the 1700s and there has been, we're three years post event. So there has been this major event that happens and we are, are coming into the story three years after it has happened. And what the event was, was basically, um, some sort of like, display of lights in the air and in the sky, not just in the air, in the sky. And that display imbued, uh, some members of London with powers. Now, most of the people who were imbued with these powers or gifts, uh, if you will, were women. Some, however, were men, but the majority were women. So it's almost as if the, uh, the people who were what they call the touched um is like it's a female affliction I and mean, it really really isn't but that's how they have have come to start treating it and there is kind of a dissension happening between the touched and the non-touched in london and there are people in government obviously sowing this dissension and wanting to use these people or protect non-touched people from the touched now At the same time that this is happening, there is a serial killer released, well, on the loose. Her name is Malady and she is running with a crew of other touched and they are wreaking havoc on London. Uh, People are, they're killing people, mostly doctors. That's how it kind of starts. And you, we understand why that happens after, but that's kind of where we are. So there is this desire to uh, capture her. Both from the police, but also from by Amalia True and her team. So she, Amalia, Laura Donnelly's character, she has a I guess a partner in crime. Her name is Penance, and Penance and Amalia run this orphanage. The orphanage is not just for children; it is for grown women as well and men who are afflicted, touched, and uh, are looking for a safe haven in the world. And so this is what she kind of provides. Um, Amalia is a certified badass in this show. She is like tough talking, uh, fighting, drinking, doing all kinds of stuff that typically you would not find a woman doing in Victorian era London. Uh, And she does it and she does not care. Um, And then you have Penance who is kind of like her North Star who kind of gives her guidance, um, grounds her. And makes her not always want to kill people because she has this affinity and desire for killing people. Um, (laughs) And so Penance kind of keeps her on the straight and narrow. So Penance is not affliction. There's a word they use, but I can't remember. But so Penance's gift or whatever is that she can see electricity in all its forms and can use it to manipulate, can manipulate it and build things. So she's a bit of an engineer, but like Supercharged engineer Um, Amalia can see the future, but only blips of the future for short periods of time So she'll she'll see herself someplace or she'll see uh, Someone else doing something but just a little blip into the future Then there's a bunch of other women who support them and who are part of who are part of their crew if you if you if you will um, that have their own individual touches so basically Okay, so that's basically what's been happening. Now, in terms of the show, there is also a doctor who, which was del- I actually picked it up really quickly, but he's Jamaican. Um, and in the show, also the character, the actor is Jamaican, and the character is Jamaican. Um, and he's a doctor. He also is attached, and his his ability is to heal. Um, it's not like he, it's not like you're healed and you're ready to go immediately um it does take a little bit more of like your own physical strength in order to to help with the healing but basically he can heal you of anything a wound an illness anything that you're experiencing and he and amalia are engaging in an extramarital affair uh and when we meet them you can kind of sense that there's something going on between them or at least that there was but then they it, it's like it's like we're seeing the tail end of it like it was a thing in the past but then child they they go right back to doing what they was doing um and penance does not approve (laughs) um so there we have the doctor we have penance um and then who else okay so then we have also this police constable who is trying to catch malady and is looking into all of these different things that are happening with the touched and so he and Amalia they continually cross paths um over the course of the season and he um ends up becoming an ally we have another young gentleman and he is a lord and he basically wants to use the touched to as part of his you know sex dungeon I guess it would be like it's a private sex club um and you know, he has women and regular and touched to come in and do all types of things for his particular service. So he's kind of like looking for a way to use them, essentially. So, you know, that's cool, I guess. Whatever. He and the constable have some sort of I wouldn't say on again, off again, because it's definitely off at this point. It doesn't even look like it's ever gonna be back on relationship. So he like the constable is closeted. Um which doesn't actually do anything to move the for, the story forward he just is and that comes out based on an argument that this he and this young lordling are having whatevs um then you have the the woman who's kind of like the the benefactor of the orphanage um who her brother like they are kind of like wealthy um wealthy landowners and part of the aristocracy and they um basically help support this orphanage but we're not really sure why and i still don't know why truth be told the season's over and i still don't get it but um the sister who basically is like running everything supported by her brother her brother is touched and has the ability to speak to and control birds and uh, already had an interest in birds so it kind of makes me feel like The afflictions that you have kind of speak to the things that you're already capable of doing or are already really interested in. Okay, so the season trucks along until we meet up with another touched woman. Her name is Mary. Mary is a singer and she gets abducted, I think basically like in the first episode or the second episode by Malady. Mary has a song, sings a song that only the touched can hear. Totally cool. That's fine. But then they figure out a way to amplify Mary's song, and the government, this lord, kills her off. Basically, uses another person who's touched to murder her. Okay. So from that point forward, it's like we're trying to figure out why Mary was killed. Who killed Mary, which they actually figured out really quickly because again, Malia can see the future. And, um, and also discovered that there is this like secret excavation project happening below this in the streets of London, like in subterranean areas of London, there is this glowing orb and they're trying to figure out what this orb is. And the benefactor of the orphanage, she is involved in this. In some way, shape or form, which again, we're not quite sure because the entire time that I was watching the show, I was like, I don't know if I trust her or not. Like, am I supposed to trust her? Like, how am I supposed to feel about her? Like, And that was just never, I was never able to really nail that down. Yeah, so because I wasn't able to really quite figure that out, I never really, I always felt like I couldn't trust her. And I kind of still stand by that position. Like, I don't necessarily know if I can trust her. And if we get a season two, hopefully we can figure out whether or not we do. But that all leads up to... Oh, actually, yes. So, okay. I was about to tell you about the season finale. But before I get to the season finale, the thing that they're looking at in the earth or actually the situation with Mary so Mary I said Mary had a uh, had a song that sang a song that only the touched could hear the song had no lyrics until another one of the touched who who lived at the orphanage um, which is a, a woman who can only speak in other languages so every time that something comes out of her mouth it's in another language and almost never cycles back to English which is weird because if she if she's touched with the ability to speak multiple languages, then she should cycle back to English, but she never does. Plot hole. In any case, she understands Mary's song and is able to interpret it. When she gets the song, the interpretation of the song was actually a message for Amalia. Amalia takes that message and basically determines that she now has to go find the Galanthi this literally comes out of nowhere and we're all like what is a (laughs) Galanthi someone explain and there is no real explanation until episode six now episode six the season finale let me talk about that so I have never seen anything that has had a harder left turn in my whole entire life let me explain I started the season finale and had no idea that I was watching the nevers completely different show I I stopped the recording checked my app just to make sure that I was actually in crave I was okay I go back in check to make sure I'm watching the right show decide to continue press play The scenes continue. There's people on the screen I have never seen before. We're in a time I have never seen before. It's all modern, actually advanced, not modern. Um, And I'm, I'm thoroughly confused. I stopped the show again, come back out, go back like to check like episode one, two, three, four, five. Okay. This is episode six, episode six of The Nevers. Look at the title. Look at the episode number. Look at the date that the air that it aired, it all checks out. I'm like, all right, fine, press play again. continue watching. Still totally confused. couple of more minutes of the confusion. I give up again. Press pause. this time, I'm like, let me check Twitter because if I'm confused, other people are confused, and if there's something going on with the programming at HBO, then I can I'll definitely know if I go on Twitter. I go on Twitter and sure enough. There are a slew of tweets under the Nevers hashtag, which is why I had to use it for Twitter me laughing today. Um, And they're all talking about how absolutely, totally, utterly confused they are about this particular episode. And so now I realize I am not alone. And so I continue watching and I continue tweeting about how confused I am and how completely bothered I am about the way that they went about revealing some of these things to us in this episode. It is. Turns out, and the thing about it is, I think the thing that bothers me about the season finale the most is that the the explanation almost seemed a little bit lazy. Like, let's come up with the most outrageous thing that we could come up with to explain what's really happening here and what happened to all these people. When they could have just really like dug a little deeper and just gave us, Something other than what they did. I don't know what that could have been. Um, I haven't really thought too deep about that part. But what I do know is I just didn't like what they did. So as it turns out, Amalia True is not Amalia True. That's the body. That's the person with whom uh, was alive and is no longer. The person who's living within her body is a person, a woman called Stripe from some distant, distant, distant future at this point, probably thousands of years in the future, who is in the midst of some sort of war and uh, was pulled through a portal, a time portal, clearly, uh, when the alien species that was supposed to, they, she was supposed to be helping secure, escaped through the portal. So when the alien escaped through the portal... I'm using my hands to describe this. She got pulled through the portal at the same moment that Amalia True decided to end her life. So as Amalia's dying, Stripe is coming and Stripe takes over Amalia's body. This is why she is such a badass because she's a skilled fighter from the future. That said same alien is what was the lights in the sky, and it spored all over London. The spores are what caused the people to be touched. That same alien then found itself in subterranean London in some sort of globe or orb, and was the song Do you guys see how confusing this is? The song that, like, gave Mary the song so that Amalia, because it knew that Stripe was there, how? We don't know. (laughs) Knew that Stripe was there from the future, much like itself, and was telling Stripe to come find it. And then she does, and nothing happens. (laughs) Nothing happens. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh my God it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so my verdict on this one is, watch it. It's entertaining for sure. I kind of would really want you guys to tell me like what you guys thought about that season about the season finale, but I, I need a season two just so I can see what they do next. Whether we're gonna get a season two or not, who knows, considering the circumstances? but uh, I definitely need to see what happened next but if if they don't they don't I'm probably never gonna watch it again I don't I, that was just it turned too hard for me it just was just like I hate being thrown for that much of a loop there's there's not being able to see something coming and then there's like watching a completely different show and that's what it felt like for the first half of the se- uh the season finale because they do end up coming back to the time and the characters that we're used to but by that point in time you're just kind of like what am I doing here like, I'm surprised I didn't just quit. But, you know, I'm not a quitter. That's why. Anyways. The Nevers on HBO is currently available. Watch it. Tell me what you guys think. Okay. Next show is Run the World. So this is the show I chose for What's Up Now because it is What's Up Now. Uh, I love this show. I love it. I love it. I love it. If I could compare it to anything that's kind of been seen before or done before, I would say it would re- most closely resemble sex in the city um except we have a african-american cast so it's four african-american women four black women um and there's no narration so you know how carrie would narrate there's none of that so it's uh it's set in modern day harlem and it's an ensemble cast so we're following the lives of these four separate women and their names are ella whitney um Renee and Sandy so Whitney is like an investment banker super powerful in her role and is engaged to the love of her life Ola and he is a doctor I mean like beautiful couple then we have Ella who is the single one and she's kind of just trying to figure out her life but she has a lingering love who's come back to haunt her and I am here for it because that man is fine like fine 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 his name is Anderson. Then we have Renee, who is played by Brecha Webb, and she is kind of like the the, the spunky, fast talking, little bit loud, little bit ratchet, little bit ghetto one. Uh, and she's a marketing executive, married, but looks like she's gonna be heading towards divorce. Then we have Sandy, who is dating an Actor who I absolutely love, and this is the actors on the show. Like, she's dating him on the show. The actor's name is Stephen C. Bishop. He's the reason I'm watching the show because I follow him on, on Instagram and he posted about it and I was like, Stephen is in a show, I'm watching that bad boy. Um, and her character, Sandy, is an academic and she's going after her PhD and she's dating Stephen's character, who is a single father and also a professor at the university that she is getting her degree at. And that is how they have mingled if you will but they're in love and it's a serious thing and he actually is willing to like tell the university that they're together and really and potentially affect his tenure um and there is an age gap there can't tell from looking because you know black don't crack but um but nonetheless there is an age gap there um and she's not about giving up She's not about sharing the news with the world, like her girls know, obviously, but she's not, she doesn't want, she's not here for everybody knowing, which I, th- I find a little bit like, okay, get over it. Like You're not supposed to care what people think and you got here on your own right because she's an academic and all of that good stuff, but I'm like, girl, bye, get over it. Um, so essentially what we have is three episodes out right now and each episode kind of builds on the last and really, what they 're doing is they 're kind of letting us know who these characters are and what their world looks like and the kinds of things that they 're going through so love is not necessarily an issue; Careers are not necessarily an issue because they all seem to have something going for them, except for maybe Ella, who's kind of a little bit jaded and disillusioned and struggling with failure because she tried to write a she tried to write a book the book didn 't sell she got dropped by her publisher then at the same time. The man that she was in love with got offered a job and uh, didn't really let her know in time and then took off and left for South Africa, supposed to leave for the summer. He ended up staying for two years, but now he's back, baby. He's back. But for the first two episodes, we don't even really know why they hate this guy so much, but they really despise him. And I was like, what did this man do? Well, we found out in episode three that what he did was got a job offer and told her only a week before he was supposed to leave and then left they stopped speaking she stopped speaking to him actually is what it was and then now he's back and he's back for her so this entire time the first two episodes anyway i was like what did he do what he do when i found out that's what he did i was like girl bye y'all please First of all, if you just got dropped by your publisher, that means you weren't working, you weren't doing anything. Why couldn't you just pick up yourself and go away to South Africa for the summer? He had a job, go do something. You're a writer, go to South Africa, get renewed inspiration, write. Like that could have been a thing, but no. Instead, they vilify him, they call him Satan. That's literally what they call him on the show. And, um, everybody's got guards up and it's like, no, we don't want you around our friend and you need to stay away. And I'm just kind of like, girl, bat, you sit down, you sit down, you sit down, you sit down. This is ridiculous. They could have worked this out. It's not that deep. Like what? In any case, it looks like Ella and Anderson might be headed for reconciliation and I want to see it happen. That man is fine. Okay. So. <laughs> Where can you watch it? You can watch it on stars in Canada. That's on Crave. Um in the States stars. And it drops every Sunday or at midnight on Saturday. Definitely watch this one. Love it. All right. So the last show for what's up next is called Panic. Don't panic. <laughs> Corny A <AM>. F <laughs> All right. So this is basically standard teenage angst, young adult fare, and I'm down because if there's going to be angst, please let it involve teenagers because nobody does better than them. Um, It's the summer of this group's senior year of high school. They have fully graduated. And, um, they're kind of like trying to decide what's going to happen with their lives. Uh, their choices are basically community college or get the heck out of Dodge. And Dodge is this very, very tiny to- town, this very tiny town <laughs> called Carp, Texas. Now, the belief is that Carp is like a dead end and that, uh, there are like no ways to like escape the drudgery and, uh, lack of life. That can happen in CARP if you get stuck in CARP and literally have no prospects, except to play this game called Panic. Now, you can only play the game if you're a senior in high school and all the kids who do play the game or have played the game tend tend to protect the game and they keep it a secret. There are two judges. Nobody knows who the judges are and there are two hosts. Everyone knows who the hosts are. Um... But here's the thing about this game it's very dangerous and people have died and the previous summer two people died two kids died so this whole idea so right off the bat from episode one my problem with the show was and this is almost always what happens i'm gonna look for the hole first before i i settle in to start to enjoy it is is panic really the only way of getting out of this town no that's not true that is just a perception that you're stuck without it now the main character her name is Heather she has two best friends Bishop and Natalie Bishop is not playing but Natalie is and Heather is Heather was forced into playing so the the inciting incident for Heather was that she had saved a whole bunch of money for this uh, for college tuition for a community certificate program or whatever and um, come to find out her very whatless mother You know, parenting, bad parenting, when I'm watching shows, it triggers me. Like, I'm so triggered by bad parents. I'm like, why are you like this? They didn't have to be born. Ah." Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Um, Her mother steals her money on the night, which she discovers on the night that panic starts. So this is why she decides to get in. Natalie wants to go to Hollywood and become famous. And so she had decided that she was going to play and had told Bishop and had told Heather that she was going to be playing. And they were basically trying to, you know, talk her out of it. But she was headstrong. She had decided she was in it. Okay. Now, there were 20, there are currently 23 players in this particular uh, round of the game. And you basically, there can only be one winner. So you basically have to col- do these challenges, collect the points to move to the next challenge. And um, and then, you know, as they play, people get knocked out. Now, because of the fact that there were some deaths this the year before, the police are doing everything in their power to try to stop the game from being played and to figure out how the game is being played, where the clues are, and where, what, like, what all the settings are. Now, so far, the police are actually doing a pretty good job of interrupting the game, but also things are happening during the challenges that are interrupting the game. So all of that is kind of like working together. In the middle of that, you have this will they, won't they situation be happening between Bishop and Heather. And then you also have this other person, who his name is Ray, who's also playing the game. Heather and Ray would be considered trash like they're from the wrong side of the tracks whereas Bishop and Natalie um, and most of the other people in this in the game or in the town are from like what would be considered the right side of the tracks well Heather you know Ray actually more accurately Ray kind of sets his sights on Heather and Heather like the doe wide Bambi that she is falls for it and i'm so mad about that because i'm so sick and tired of this bad boy good girl trope i just really need to die like stab it kill it throw it in the fire like i don't really want to see that anymore we're over it there's there are other types of dynamics and not everyone is completely bad and not any every good girl is completely good and so i'm really kind of over that but i really just what knowing that there is another option for heather the fact that she goes down this road with Ray is annoying to me. Like, why are we doing this? Then we have a very mysterious character by the name of Dodge Mason. And Dodge is this supposed to be the new kid, except he's been around for a year. And we discovered that actually he's already graduated from high school and that he only redid his year so that he could play the game. And in the last episode that I just watched, which was episode five, we discovered that his mom is in on it. Why? We don't know yet, but we do know that it has something to do with his sister, her accident, she's in a wheelchair, how that happened, and all the people who are involved. So that's basically what's going on. I'm actually really enjoying this show. Amazon dropped all the episodes, so it's not a weekly, so it's not like Invincible where you have to wait every week. Um, They're all available. It's 10 episodes, and like I said, it's currently on Amazon Prime, and also, just as a quick reminder... It is a book to TV adaptation, which is what we're seeing a lot more of now. And I'm okay with it. Like, yes, because I love actually finding um, new material to read. And so this is actually a really great way to go about doing that. So, yeah, so that was what's up next. And that is Panic. Definitely watch it. Okay, so on to movies. So for the first movie, I said we're going to get into Tenet. I'm going to try to keep this brief. (laughs) Watch the movie twice. So first of all, where to watch? It is currently streaming. You can catch it on HBO Max, HBO in Canada, Crave in Canada. I talk a lot about Crave. Like, I mean, I feel like everything I watch on Crave lately. And then you know what? I'll go through like hardcore droughts and not like watch anything on Crave from like months and months and months. Um, and like, we'll strictly only be watching things on Netflix. And right now I'm kind of on a Netflix drought and I'm really kind of on like Crave and Amazon are my two streamers of choice right now. But, um, so Tenet. So we know Christopher Nolan written and directed starring John David Washington and Robert Pattinson, um, as the lead characters. Uh, and the story is complex as anything that Christopher Nolan has ever given us before, um, the only uncomplex story I think that he's ever done is The Dark Knight. <laughs> like and, like all of the the superhero stuff is the least complicated stuff we've ever gotten from Christopher Nolan. I haven't seen Dunkirk and I haven't seen 1917, so I cannot tell you what those stories are about or what what that's like. But Memento and uh, in, uh, Inception and um, Tenant are all ranked up there with as complex as it can get. Um, and I actually would say this is this is more complex than Inception, which was actually fairly easy to understand um, in comparison. This was confusing. And I have already said before that as soon as we enter the time-space continuum, I am confused. I really do my best to hold on to the forward story so that I could at least get through like the a story going through the movie but when it comes to time space continuums immediately you know it's a monkey wrench right and so you're just kind of like trying to track it as hard for as long as you can through it so that you can at least get to the end with some semblance of something uh being pulled out um The general consensus that I have received from those who have watched this movie is that they thought it was not very good at all. I don't think that it was not good. I just think that it was overly complicated and therefore confused the audience. And remember how I said, storytelling 101, don't confuse the audience. Um, I think that Christopher Nolan is so lauded that people are, there's no oversight for that man. And I kind of get why he's, he's, you know, more than a little bit brilliant. But wh- what is that brilliance akin to? Madness? Is he going a little bit nuts? <laughs> because this is crazy. So, okay, let me try to give you a general plot. Basically, John David Washington uh, goes on a mission. He works for the American government. I don't know what agency. I'm thinking CIA. And uh, he survives a mission in which he'd rather take his own life than give up his partners in this on this mission. Okay. the mission fails okay he wakes up after basically having had his mouth reconstructed because he thought he took a cyanide pill and it wasn't uh it supposedly was a test he passed the test he wakes up on a ship to a man with basically this guy's like you know i'm gonna give you a word tenant it means something it'll open doors it'll do stuff for you they drop him off at a windmill farm in the middle of the ocean i didn't know these things existed but whatever drops him off at this windmill leaves him there for undisclosed period of time when it's time for the shift change he uh he gets on a boat and he goes back to the mainland there's a car waiting for him and he goes on on this mission to find out what tenant is or what the real mission it, who is because there's something happening there a war but not cold war but kind of like the cold war uh and time is involved okay but what it turns out to be is that the future people who are living in the future are working with somebody in our present their past to destroy the world i guess And they do that by providing this person with a technology that allows them to invert things and people. Now, what does that mean? An inverted person or an inverted object is an object that is moving backward in time. Okay. So we're moving forward, inverted things and people are moving backward in time. Okay basically simple, fairly simple. The problem is it starts to get weird when other characters are introduced. So there is another, a character is introduced, her name is Kat. John David's character, his name is the protagonist. And then there's Robert Pattinson's character, who's, I can't remember what the heck that guy's name is. Bef- actually, before I go into that, let's talk about performances. Robert, I mean, John David was all right. I mean, I loved him in Ballers. I felt like that role really suited him. This dramatic turn, he he felt a little forced. He felt a little stilted. Um, but I was super excited to see him in a, in a movie uh, on this level. Like, this is a huge deal. Robert Pattinson is completely surprising me in everything that I see him do um, since Twilight. Loved Twilight. I don't care. Team Edward. Fight your mama on that, okay? Okay. Um. <laughs> since this time, like every time I've seen him in something, he's blowing my mind. Like this man has real range and real depth and he's a a phenomenal actor and he is great in this movie. He's great. Okay. That being said, back to what's happening. So we meet this character. Her name is Kat. Kat is married to the villain. The villain, when we meet Kat, we meet in our, our present right? In our present, so forward time. When we meet Kat, it is two weeks after her husband has disappeared. Now, as the story goes forward, we find out that that two weeks prior is actually when she killed her husband. So when we meet Kat, her husband is supposed to already be dead, but then we go forward regular time and we meet the husband. How? That is my number one question. If somebody can answer that question for me, that is all I need to know. How is Andre still alive when we meet him in the present? How is there like, is there more than one timeline? Like what, 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 how did that, how, how someone, that's all, that's all. You can watch (laughs) 10. That's all I'm going to say, because there's really nothing more confusing about the movie other than really that, like. The inverted objects and people and stuff. That's cool. That actually makes sense. It's Andre who's confusing the whole storyline. The whole timeline gets messed up because of Andre. And until I can figure that out, I actually might watch it again. I literally have a friend who's like, never watch it again. You're going to burn out your brain cells. (laughs) Shout out to Trish. But she's literally like, she hates the movie with a passion. Um, But I feel like I still need to figure some things out. And that's my number one question. How is Andre still alive? So Tenet, what was up? It's on HBO. Watch it. That's it. I mean, watch it and tell me what you think. Hit hit me up in your comment, in the comments. Email me. Tweet me. Let me know. Because it's, my God, the confusing. The confusion. (sighs) Overly complex. Really great action sequences. Fighting is fire. But like everything else, take it or leave it. I don't know. All right, what's up now, Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman 1984. So, okay. What, okay. So I have a, a group of friends. We are super into superhero movies, all things superheroes. And so we're always watching and talking about movies and TV shows and et cetera and et cetera. And I, when Wonder Woman premiered last year, I had a friend reach out to me and he was like, don't watch it. Don't pay to watch it. It sucks. It's trash. It's whatever. Whatever. Okay, I was like, wow, way harsh. And it did receive a lot of negative reviews. But I like to give things the good old college try and uh, wanted to watch it and kind of form my own opinion. That's totally cool. I really suggest that everybody does that. Uh, I didn't love the movie. I didn't love it because I've kind of really wanted to see more of Diana developing. And you do get Diana developing. Um, and fully coming more into herself as Wonder Woman, but her, her motivation is this boy, this man, like it, it's Trevor or Steve, Steve, Steve Trevor, is that what his name is? Yeah. Um, played by Chris Pine and that is her motivation. Um, and it's literally like what, 70, 80, a hundred years since the man has died. Because we're in the 80s and he died in, what, 18-something? And she's, like, not over it. And then when you really think about the forward the forward timeline and you get into Justice League, she's not over it then either. And even in the movie, he's like, she's like, I'm never going to love again. He's like, yeah, it's a bit much. There's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of men in the world. Like, you don't got to never love anybody again. But you do got to let me go. Ex- live. Live your life. Experience the world. Like, Seriously? really the movie is about the fact that she can't let somebody go and she's trying to she's wrestling with herself in order to do the right thing because it's costing her it's costing her her powers okay so what's going on we have um so we have pedro pascal as maxwell lord who uh and kristen wig and they both play villains, right? Okay. And it's an enemy of my enemy is my friend type of situation is what ends up happening in this right with there, um, between Wonder Woman, Diana, uh, Kristen Week's character, Cheetah, um, and Pedro Pascal's character, Maxwell Lord. So she, there's this, in the opening, there's this, uh, um, well, not the exact opening. So the beginning of act one, there's a... A heist that takes uh that happens at the mall they steal all these artifacts one of the artifacts happens to be a stone the stone is called the dream stone it was imbued with power by some god some lower lesser god or whatever um and it grants you your dreams but when it, it it's like a monkey's paw so it's like i give you something but i take something in return and what i take is far more devastating than the fact the gift of what i'm giving you okay so Kristen Wiig's character, she's kind of like very nerdy. She's ignored, you know, the typical, you know, nerd turned villain kind of situation. And she basically wishes to be like Diana, who's a bad bitch, like all day and twice on Sundays, honey. Like, come on, she's serving. She's bad, right? Okay. But Diana is actually a lovely person, so she kind of befriends Kristen's character and tries to, like, you know, get her to, like, you know, be out of her shell a little bit more or whatever, and protects her as well. And so she's Kristen's character, who is also a very nice person initially. Um, Like, falls kind of, like, has, like, this girl crush on her. It's like, oh my god, if I could be like anyone, i want to be like her. She makes a wish and, you know, abracadabra that's what happens now pedro knows about this this dream stone and he's running some defunct ponzi scheme um and he wants the dream stone so that he can use it uh to make his dreams come true but here's the thing right it's not necessarily just to make his dreams come come true he uses the stone to become the stone wishes to become the stone and then has people touch because you have to touch it touch him to make their wishes come true. Okay. That would be cool, but then nothing more comes of it. Like disaster ensues, the world starts falling apart because everybody's wishing um, these extravagant wishes and they are coming to true, but then he's also taking things from these people and it's physically doing something to his body. Like he's, he starts to deteriorate, deteriorate. Now Diana makes a silent wish. Her silent wish is for Steve Trevor to come back. He does in the body of somebody else. He takes over somebody else's body, but they, the way that they film it is just as the way that she sees the, sees the person. So she only sees Steve, you know, it's his spirit, Right. Uh, but she, you know, it translates to his face. It's all lovely, and uh, but she realizes too late that it's costing her her power. Right to keep to keep Steve there. It's Steve or her powers. But the world's falling apart, so the world needs her. Here's where the movie starts to fail. The movie starts to fail because Maxwell Lord, so Pedro Pascal's character, doesn't come to any type of supervillain status. He does nothing supervillainy. He, but Grant wishes. Huh? That's it. And then Kristen Wick's character, Cheetah, becomes a cheetah. Why'd she become a cheetah? We don't know. We really don't. They don't show you. They don't tell you. There's no affinity for the animal. She, she's not like... The only thing we have close to an explanation is the fact that Diana is wearing Cheetah print shoes when they meet. That's it. That's the only correlation uh that's not enough. I'm sorry. um the opening of the movie is actually of a young Diana competing in these games with other Amazons. I love Themiskeia. Show me more Themiscarria, love it, love it, love it, love it. I love to see the Amazons doing Amazonian things. Maybe it's because I'm tall, I don't know, but I have a- fi- I have an affinity for watching these women do badass things and um and I really liked seeing her starting to come into her own as a demigoddess and learning her about what she's capable of that's all we get that's all we get the motivation keep a man who been dead a hundred years she needs to get over it a villain who's not a very good villain at all and then another villain who chooses a, 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 who chooses a, a an animal what's the word like doppelganger and we don't even know why I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know, subpar. It could have been way better. The first Wonder Woman was fantastic. Um, I wanted more from my villains. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could watch it. Watch it. Watch it for shits and giggles. But other than that, I wouldn't say anything else. Like two stars. Two stars for sure. Um, and it's on HBO and HBO Max. Go crazy. Okay, so the last movie that we're going to talk about is a film that came out also last year. So all these movies were released last year um, and I watched them all this year. So whatevs, but it is what it is. Uh, Like I said, pandemics Um, and I would not have watched this in the theater. Nah, I wouldn't have. I would have waited for it to come out on streaming. And so I watched it in this exact same way that I did see it. So Songbird is currently streaming on Amazon. It stars K.J. Appa as Nico Price, Sophia Carson as Sarah Garcia, Alexandra Daddario as May, and Demi Moore as Piper Griffin. So this movie is a little bit disturbing because it hits very close to home. It is a world that is in the grips of a pandemic, but it's set in Los Angeles and it is our pandemic. It's actually, the virus is called the COVID-21 virus. It is now airborne and there are people who are immune. And K.J. Appa, his character nico price is immune to the virus and so he has this job as a courier he works for this he works for this courier courier who goes through you know drops things off people are not allowed to leave their homes unless they are immune and have an immunity bracelet if they are found to be um um, if they are found to be outside without the bracelet, they can be shot on sight. Like it's, th- it's like the world has descended into complete, utter and total chaos. Then there's this, also this department called the sanitation department and they go through and they find people, like they f- take people who are exhibiting symptoms, um, of the virus and they put them into this quarantine zone and basically once you go in ain't nobody fitting to come out and the 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 conditions in the quarantine zone are absolutely deplorable but hell the conditions outside of the quarantine zone are deplorable too but the, the literally the only options are stay in your house or uh, go outside and die or you get taken to the quarantine zone the guy who runs the sanitation department is completely corrupt and a in uh, a complete psychopath full stop um now, the whole premise is Nico's character is trying to Nico's character. Nico is trying to save Sarah. Now Sarah and Nico are in love, and they have never met. What ended up happening was he was supposed to deliver a package to one place and ended up delivering it to another place, which was her door, knocking on her door. They end up meeting, and then a love story somehow subsequently develops. Sarah um, lives with her grandmother, Lita um and within a day of the movie starting lita comes down with the virus how if she's never left the house i don't know plot hole that's a definite hole in the plot um but so she's never left the house within a day this woman is dead so this version of covid um, that's airborne is also highly, uh, has a low, high mortality rate. And so within 24 to 48 hours, people are usually dead. Now, here's the thing about that, that would usually kill the virus. And that's exactly what happened. The Spanish flu went out. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We're trying to suspend belief here. Sorry. 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 Me and my damn facts. Anyway. So, <laughs> um, so now here comes the sanitation department, evil guys trying to come back, grab, to grab Sarah and the grandmother, cause they would take both. And Nico is trying to figure out a way to stop that from happening. And essentially what he does is he goes to one of his clients to try to get um, them to sell him a black market immunity bracelet. And so, which ends up working and long story short, he saves her, the grandmother's dead and we live happily ever after and whatever. Now the B story is the story of May, who is like this online like youtube artist who sings for people live and they send her money and um who's having this uh illicit affair with Demi Moore's husband um that's kind of how they try to sync all the characters together and it's not really done very well um you can kind of, I would take it or leave it leave this one. It's like I said, it's disturbing because it hits a little bit too close to home with the realities of being in a pandemic and then using all of this, our pandemic language that we're currently living with. Um, and what the realities of a situation that gone has gone this far could look like, like it's like, um, and worse than contagion. And I watched contagion at the beginning of the pandemic. I was probably not a good idea because anxiety, whoo child through the roof. But, um, There's so many more fantastic like not fantastical but even though it hits close to home there's still some like meh would it really like would we really would it really would it really like you know what i mean kind of things that happened in songbird i don't and actually even the name songbird why why is it called songbird what i don't i didn't quite anyway (laughs) because they're caged i don't know but anyway um amazon prime songbird you got nothing else to do and you don't mind being freaked out by watching something that is very current to the state of the world that we're living in? Uh, watch it. Why not? You know, uh, I give it two stars. Life is All right, so welcome to the welcome, what's up, what's happening in Hollywood, you know, I mean, I'd be tripping over my tongue. I stay tripping over it like it's a tripwire. My goodness, you think I don't use it every single second of every single day. Pages and snatches. Anyway, welcome to the welcome to Hollywood, (laughs) what's happening in Hollywood segment. It's the what's happening in Hollywood segment. You name the segment, Heifer. Cha. Anyway, all right, so let's start at the beginning because it's packed, it's packed, it's packed. First things first, Netflix is doing like a Comic Con style thing called Geek Week from June seventh to June eleventh, and basically what it is, it's a free online conference that allow that celebrates genre, um, genre specific uh, projects, so movies and television shows that have developed these huge fandoms that air on Netflix. And so we're going to get trailers, like the trailer for The Witcher. Now, if y'all don't drop the trailer for the season two of The Witcher, I'm fighting somebody. I'm going to roll up at Netflix headquarters because I also need a premiere date. And it better be this year. I better not have to wait for next year because y'all is done filming and y'all have been done for a minute. So drop it. Q4. A, a done talk. Anyway, <laughs> so there's all of these... Um, different fandoms and different shows that we're going to be able to celebrate and it's all free and it's online and it's geekweek or geekedweek.com so it's from june 7th to june 11th netflix geek week get into it next a little bit some sad news we lost a comedic legend in paul moody who pa- paul mooney who passed away on may 14th our condolences to his friends and family we know that he was huge Influence for many of the uh, comedians that we watch today Um, Eddie Murphy Kevin Hart uh, You know so many uh, people have credited him with um, With being an influence a major influence on their work, and so um, we just want to say rest in peace Paul Mooney Um, in more Game of Thrones news (laughs) They have found a writer for another Game of Thrones prequel called 10,000 Ships, and um, they have tapped the writer of Hailstrom, Amanda Siegel, to write the pilot. So that is happening. Excitement. That show is not coming for a good little minute, but who cares? Like, yay. Because that's going to be about the founding of Dorne, which that that society already um, is... Wild. They'd be doing their own thing over there. So that's going to be very interesting to see how Dorn was founded. Then we have some drops. So Fast 9 comes out this month, guys, this month, June, June 25th, 2021, Fast 9. All right. And apparently it's going to be bigger, better, wilder than we've seen before. Get ready for some, you know, explosive entertainment. <laughs> uh More news. Christopher Noth, Noth, I never know how to say that man's last name, joins the cast of And Just Like That, which is the Sex and the City re- reboot coming to HBO Max and basically brings back all the characters except for Samantha, I believe. Also, more news, the teaser trailer for Goss- for the Gossip Girl reboot has just dropped. That show premieres this year, next month july 8th on hbo max i'm excited about that i don't know if they can improve upon the original but let's see if they do an adequate job because i loved me some gossip girl and when it dropped on netflix i watched the entire thing like couldn't watch anything else like gossip girl had me in a grip i love love loved that show so i'm excited about this one and i'm sure you guys are too more news wheel of time woo has wrapped production, and it appears that we're actually gonna get the first season this year, guys. This year, this year, this year, this year. Excited about that. Woo, so excited. Um, Denai Guerrero uh, signs on as Okoye in Disney Plus's original series that is um, based in Wakanda, and that's actually gonna also be uh, written by Ryan Kugler. So that's amazing. Um, and she's going to be in that series, but I also think she's going to be in a spinoff series that is about the founding of the Dora Milaje. So remember, um, Okoye is the general of the Dora Milaje, which is the elite fighting force that protects the king of Wakanda. Um, and I'm here for it because that, their, their whole... Everything about them I loved from Black Panther. Like literally everything. So I'm excited about that and I'm excited that it's going to live forever on Disney Plus because, baby, that'll be a rewatch and a rewatch and a rewatch and a rewatch and a rewatch forever and ever, ever. All right. In more Bridgerton news, um, they have found their Edmund Bridgerton, who is going to be played by Rupert Evans. So in, C- in the second book, we get a lot more um, information about about the Viscount and, uh, through the eyes of Anthony. So because season two is about Anthony and his relationship with his, uh, his father, and there's actually some trauma that comes out of Edmund's passing, but, um, we're going to get to meet him and see what their interactions are like and what he was like when he, with his, uh, his children and with his wife. So that's going to be lovely. And I'm excited about that. Um, another drop. So Zola, now if you guys, and actually the last little piece of little tidbit that I've got for you guys. So I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a Twitter feed, uh, a Twitter thread in 2016 that went viral. And it was basically a story that a girl was telling about her adventures in Florida when she went down on a hoe trip and her words, not mine, um, to go work. She's a stripper and uh, she went to go work and all of the things that happened are li- were literally straight out of a movie. And the the thread itself was absolutely hilarious. I was told about the thread by my sister when I... And then I read it and I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It was so... And the story was like so well told. Like, like, real storytellers were jumping in and being like, Oh my God, this is actually amazing. This could easily be a movie. And voila! Uh, six years later, we have... Five years later, we have a film. And so that's actually going to be... Released this month as well on June 30th. So yeah, like I said, that's usually way more than we discuss in uh, what's happening in Hollywood. So that's what's going on. Um, I'm actually super excited for Geek Week. I'm going to be jumping in and and registering because I need to see what all the fuss is about. Especially when it comes to The Witcher because that is the show I am waiting for. Netflix. That's what we waiting on over here. The Witcher Season 2. Let's do this. All right? <laughs> That's what's up in Hollywood. <laughs> all right, so you know what that means. Whenever you hear laughter, that means we're going to be jumping into Twitter and me laughing. And like I promised, these tweets are going to be all about the nevers. So <laughs> the first one that I, I actually was hollering when I read this, Saeed Jones at the Ferocity tweeted episode six of hashtag the nevers is exactly what i get for starting to like a damn joss Whedon show in 2021 episode five was brilliant in caps absolutely brilliant i let my guard down and now look at me madder than i was at the end of goddamn game of thrones <laughs> i feel you because that's exactly how i felt except i was not mad at the end of game of thrones that's where we different. that's where we're different rob Tyler at the Rob Tyler tweeted, honestly, as confused as I am, this isn't the most confused I've been watching The Nevers. It is the first time, however, but it is the first time I've checked to make sure I was watching the right show. I had to respond to that tweet and be like, I checked three times because I actually did check three times. Sarah, I'm going to screw this up. So, Sarah, I'm sorry, but I'm not saying your name. (laughs) She tweeted, I have paused twice to check the title and now I've gone to Twitter to verify that I'm not losing my mind. That second part may be the most concerning thing though. Seriously, I responded to her tweet and was like, this is why I am here. Because yes, it is in fact why I was on Twitter. I needed to make sure that I had not lost my mind. Christian Grey. Did I just say Christian Grey? (laughs) That is not at all what this says. What is going on with me? Christian at Christian J, my Lord, tweeted, I paused about a minute in and fast forwarded until I saw a familiar character, then rewound after I confirmed I was watching the right show. Someone responded, yep, me too. I forwarded it 35 minutes or so. Listen, you guys are just going to have to watch The Nevers for yourself to, uh, to, to really fully grasp how hard a turn the season finale takes. Now, those tweets, most of those tweets were actually from the night that the season finale premiered. Um, but the tweets since then actually are far more favorable than the tweets that, um, from that night because the tweets from that now, everybody was just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Where are we? When are we? What is this? Who are these people? It was madness. But yes, definitely judge for yourself. Anyway, we have made it to the end of another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling your friends. I appreciate you so, 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 so much. If you need to reach me, it's Nicole at obsessible.ca. Feel free to send me an email. Feel free to shoot me some comments. Um, You can comment under episodes on Podbean. And I believe you can also comment on Spotify. So do that talk to me. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Or find me on Instagram at Nikki Alexis um, or at Rosebud Entertainment. All of those are acceptable means of communication with moi. Thank you again, besties. Until next time.